All right, no students were harmed in the making of that video. I promise you. It was meant to be a little bit sarcastic, uh, just so you know. Uh, number two, if you were here two weeks ago, all right, we had Derry on stage and he wore a sport coat and dress pants and he tucked it in and he ironed it. And then last week we had our friend Peter Holmes and, and he had on a, a coat and a bow tie. And I just thought everything was getting way too formal up on this stage. So I thought I'd break out my sunglasses and my baseball hat since it's student takeover weekend and we'd all just kick back and relax. I hope that's okay with you. I'm not going to speak with these on though. Anyway. Uh, if you haven't noticed, right, we're, we're here because it's Student Takeover Weekend. Just so you know, the, the two, two guys leading up here, they lead for our middle school and our high school group, and we've got some of our students plugged into the band. Hopefully, you were greeted by some students. I hope that went all right, and maybe they, they handed you some note sheets on your way in. They'll, they'll be ushering as well. Hopefully, you're enjoying that experience as much as they are. Uh, along that theme, though, of Student Takeover Weekend, I'm going to need all of you to stand up. Really, stand up. And when you stand up, I need you to get your hands ready as if you were to clap, just like this. All right, so you just have your hands ready. And so th- this is the game. All right, this is the game. Whenever my hands cross, you clap. Okay, and if you clap before they cross, you're out and you have to sit down. If you don't clap when they do cross, you're out and you have to sit down. Okay? Is everybody ready? All right, okay, that's... That's a good start. That's a good start. Okay, so when my hands cross, you clap. Okay, see, we have this same problem with some of our students. They don't listen to directions the first time. Okay, so when my hands cross, you're going to clap. I hope you can all see me. I'm a little small. All right, here we go. Oh, a couple, they're getting better. All right, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, see, you get it, right? All right, have a seat, have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's just a taste of some, of some of the fun we like to have at the SLAM, our middle school group, and the 616, our high school group. Just giving you guys a taste of some of the, the things that we do. Um, on that note, though, a, a lot of that is part of why I'm here today, right? I, why I want to tell you about why I do what I do is the, the pastor of student ministries and then kind of what's going on and what's happening within and through our student ministry. So now that you've heard that, would you please not tune out if you don't have a student, don't know a student, if you aren't a student, all of those things. If you're not connected to students in any way, I promise you that there will be things in here that, that will pertain to you as well. So if you could just stay with me for a moment. Uh, I want to I kind of begin with a background uh, of myself and, and how I got here, what's going on, and then kind of let you know what's going on in my world right now. Uh, My background in terms of like youth group, when I was in middle school and high school, I never attended a youth group. I was a a part of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and and I kind of did that thing, but I didn't really have time for church or youth group. I mean, I would go and stuff, but I was playing basketball all of the time, literally. Like that's the majority of my time. Uh, I slept and I played basketball and that's what I did. And so I took away from a lot of that, that kind of experience. Fortunately for me though, that my coaches during that time outside of the school season, we're actually really committed to help, helping us become godly young men. Young men, unfortunately for me, my dad was one of those coaches. So I, I, was, I was able to make all of those, you know, early morning Bible studies and that, that kind of thing. And, and so that kind of created a foundation for me as I moved on 
right, in, in my life. So fast forward, right, out of high school, I got the opportunity to play college basketball, and, and it took up a whole bunch of time again. But since I had this foundation from the, a younger age, right, even though I was busy, I was able to, to make time and find time to serve in the church because it was something that I had learned was essential to my life. All right, so all of that it ended up being worth it. And then fast forward again, right? And here I am now, right, as, as a student pastor. And, and much of what we're doing within our groups around here is not born out of any previous experience, right, because I don't have any. And so it's really just born out of what we believe as a student ministry, it will reach the most students with the gospel and grow them up to be committed Christ followers. So sometimes it looks a little bit different than maybe your typical experience and that kind of thing. It's why we even just do fun things like we're doing this weekend. All right, so alongside all of that, it's also important for you to know that, that I spend my time coaching basketball at Bozeman High. So I've got, I've got my feet in a lot of different places, right? I'm connected to a lot of different things, and, and I want you to know by the time we're done here why I do all of this. But also, suffice it to say that I understand what being busy looks like. Like, I, I too wish that there was more time in each day and that, that we could get more things accomplished, right? So if you're anything like me, you, you know what that's like too, and that we're just going to kind of all relate on that level. So moving on from there, if it's all right with you, I'd like to just share with you, again, why I do what I do. And, and I'd like to share with you what really makes me come alive. Because if you're anything like me, right, then, then we've all got something inside of us that, that makes us come alive, right? We've got something that, that in, in our hearts, like, it makes our, our hearts thump with adrenaline or it makes us pound our fists with indignation, right? We, we've got something inside of us that makes us come alive. And, and so that, that's, that's where I want to go, right? And, and, and when we have something that makes us come, to li- come alive, it should usually move us to action. And, and so again, right, sometimes we act and sometimes we don't. And, and I've been there because I too sometimes act and sometimes don't. But right now, like today, I want to talk about why I'm actually living a life of action right now. And how I got to that point and, and what the, the foundation of all of that is. You could say that, that my heart is burdened for students. There, there, there's a guy, Bill Hybels, and he calls it a holy discontent. Right, right, a holy discontent inside of me. And, it, and it's all born out of the, this passage in Romans. Right, Romans 9, 1 through 3, where, where we see Paul, Paul speaking his heart. And if you want, you can turn there. It's in your note sheets. It'll be on the screens. And I just, I just want to read what it says real quick. This is Paul speaking. He says, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Right now, just, just let that wrestle around inside of you. I'm going I'm to come back to it. But I just wanted you to know that the starting point for all of this, that these three verses are the starting point for all that I'm going to say, the, the purpose, the foundation of it all, if you will. And so, right, I, I have to have a foundation if there's a, a reason I want to spend 
like my time with middle school and high school students that aren't my own children, right? There, there's got to be some reason for that. And, and it's born out of this. So we could say, right, that, that for me at this point in my life, God is calling me to love students, right? Pretty simple. And, and I think for all of us who consider ourselves followers of Christ, like for me, that's just a specialized sector of the calling he's put on all of our lives, right? If we really are committed to following Jesus, if we call ourselves Christ followers, then, then we're all called to the same thing, this great commission, if you will, right? This idea that, you know, go and make disciples, go and spread the gospel, share the good news, right? That kind of thing. And, and if we're going to live out that great commission that, that ultimately we're all called to, right, then our hearts have to begin to beat for those who are far from God, whether that's students or whether that's someone you work with or whether that's your next door neighbor. Our hearts have to beat for those who are far from God. And so we can't neglect this huge responsibility. Literally, it's huge. Our responsibility is, right, that the fact that we are personally responsible, us Christ followers are personally responsible for evangelizing the entire world before the second coming of Jesus, right? Like that has to spur us on to action because that is a huge responsibility. Like that's real. And I think action always follows something in our heart. It follows something in our heart or else there's no reason for us to act. And so again, that, that's why we're looking at Romans 9, 1 through 3. That's why we're there because we see the heart, the heart of the apostle Paul. Right? We, we see a lot of his actions throughout the New Testament, but right here in these three verses, we see the heart of him and it led him to action, action that we're still experiencing to this day, right? So I wanna, I wanna go back and look at those three verses again. Right, because these are, these are verses that we can just read over and over again until hopefully we catch whatever had Paul moving and living, right? So let's look at those three verses one more time. This is what it says, right? Paul speaking again. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. This last verse, right? I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Can you just see the desperation for others' salvation in Paul's words in the outpouring of his heart right here? Can you see how desperate he is for his Jewish brothers and sisters to know Christ? as he does, right? Like Paul tells us point blank at the beginning of that, he's gonna be transparently honest with us, right? He's like, I, I'm gonna lay it out and, it, and if that's not enough for you, the Holy Spirit confirms it. We can't argue with that now, right? The Holy Spirit's in on it. And, and then he tells us how his heart is breaking for his people, right? They're the very people that he once persecuted. He tells us that, but he actually takes it one step further, Right, one step further, and I think it's the step that most of us, myself included, are often afraid to take. Right, he, he lays it all on the line, everything, all on the line. If we could lay all our comforts, all our fears, all our preferences, like Paul, right? He says, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ. They even throw an exclamation point in there, right? 
cut off from Christ if that would save them. I mean, that just, that blows me away that someone would say that and then live it out, right? I, I think sometimes we, as followers of Jesus, we fall short of this whole great commission because our love has no action, right? Yeah, we feel sorry for people, right? We feel sorry for the hurting, the oppressed, the poor, the broken, the lonely. Like, like we see them and, and our heart does hurt and we're like, man, what could we do for them? Right, we feel sorry. But would we be willing to go so far as to say we would be cut off from Christ? We would give up our salvation so that others might experience Jesus? Like that is action you know, at, at the highest level, right? Right. Paul wants to demonstrate his love in the most active action filled way he can possibly imagine, right? If it were possible for him, he'd be just like Jesus, right? Exactly like Jesus. And he would give his life if it would save them, right? He would sacrifice his life for the salvation of others, right? He's willing to bear the wrath of God in their place if he could. Like that's heavy and that's real and that is obviously at the core of Paul's heart. Like I, you, this could never happen, right? We know that, that, and Paul knows that, that it could never be that he could actually give up his relationship with God for these people. But that doesn't stop him, right, from wearing his heart out there for us to see in the midst of all of this. So it's important to know Right? If you're like me and you read those three verses and you're like, that's heavy, I don't know what to do with that. It's important to know that at the end of Romans 8, in the last two chapters, or last two verses before the three verses we're looking at, Paul preaches the fact that nothing can separate us from God's love. Right, so let's look at those two verses in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And when I'm reading these and you're following along, like be encouraged by these words, because this is where Paul gets his confidence. This is where he gets his confidence from. And it says this, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right? He knows this life-changing truth just as we do, right? But that doesn't stop him from saying, I'll do whatever it takes. Right? It doesn't stop him from going there. And, And we know now what makes Paul come alive. And it's the very same thing that should make us come alive. The very same thing. And and, and there's no reason for us to back away from that. There's no reason to be afraid because nothing can separate us from God's love. That's all the hope we need, right? Just like Paul moved him to amazing things. And I can't help but look at Paul's heart for those who don't personally know Jesus and and be inspired. I can't help but be convicted. I can't help but be challenged because this is what my life and my heart are becoming about. There's there's over 5,000 students in the Gallatin Valley and I wanna see all of those students live their full lives for Jesus. I wanna see all 5,000 and some of those students 
living their lives for Jesus. Right? A rough estimate would say that, that, that something like less than 10% of those students in the Gallatin Valley are plugged into a church or are plugged into a place to hear the gospel. Right? Like, and I want to do whatever it takes to change that. I want to do whatever it takes just like Paul. Like that's what the church should be about, right? We should be this committed and this inspired and this devoted to seeing change take place in our community, right? Because like in this building this morning, right? This isn't church, right? This is a place where we, the church meet, right? We meet here. And so our next generation of Christ followers is going to be, be made up of the students that are in these seats, the students that are in the Gallatin Valley, right? They will become the next church, right? And so we can't settle, right? We can't settle for a weekend experience for this next generation. We can't settle for a Tuesday experience or a Wednesday experience, but we must as, as a church, as a whole, move our students forward to a day-to-day, lifetime experience with Jesus. Right? And, and, and I strongly believe that, that that won't be a reality until we become burdened for the, this, this next generation, for these students. And so you as, as parents, or you as guardians, or brothers, or sisters, or, or friends, or cousins, or whatever, must do whatever it takes to help create such a future for your children, for our students. Let's do whatever it takes. And, and, and again, I believe with all my heart that, that what we're doing around Journey as a Student Ministries is at least some part of that equation. Right? It, it, it has some connection to the future. Right? And so I, I know that, like I said, if you're anything like me, you got a lot going on. And I'm not so naive to believe that I know anything even about being a parent considering my only experiences with my, my two black adopted four-legged children, right? That, that, that's my only parenting experience. So I, I don't know what that's like, but I understand what it's like to have a lot going on. Like I understand that we're all busy. I understand that we want our kids to succeed because I want them to succeed too. Like I understand that practice or rehearsal or a concert, or events are important. Like, I understand that all of, things, all of those things are important because their, their future is important. But, but my view would say, that's just it. Right? Because the future is really all that matters. A future relationship with Jesus, a, a life centered around Jesus is really the only future that matters for our students. That's the only future that matters. And again, when, when I say students and you're like, I don't know any students, then just put in people, friends, somebody in your life because that really is the only future that matters. Right? And, and I believe that we can't just pray this next generation. We can't just pray our students into a relationship with Jesus. Right? We have to model it first. We have to be more passionate about raising disciples of Jesus than, than some star athlete or musician or actor or businessman or whatever. We have to be more passionate 
about raising disciples of Jesus because that is the only future that matters. That has to be our heart. And, and I want you to know that, that I want to assist in that as much as I possibly can. Our student ministry staff and our volunteers want to assist in that as much as we possibly can. But in all reality, it, it starts at home. It starts with, with being willing to do whatever it takes to get your students to the slam or the 616. It starts with having conversations about what we're talking about, creating those dialogues. Right? Like using us, Journey Student Ministries, as a resource. Right? I know, I know, I know we're not the end all, be all of developing that in, in the lives of our next generation, but we exist solely for the students in the Gallatin Valley. That is the only reason we are here. That's, that's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. And so use us. Use us in that. Right? And just, just so you know, this isn't a challenge just to, to you who are directly connected to students, not just parents or, or whatever. Right? This is a challenge for all of us because we have to ask ourselves, the questions like what are, what are we doing to invest in this next generation right what mark are we going to leave what kind of legacy are we going to leave for the future movement of Jesus where we all have to ask ourselves that question how how are we investing in that movement like obviously there's a bunch of different ways you can be about that and just as a quick blurb right like we have tons of opportunities for you to serve, whatever that might look like. Let us know. We'll figure out a way to make it happen if you're like, ah, maybe that's how I need to get plugged in. But ask yourself the question, what kind, of, what kind of legacy are you leaving? How are you investing in the next generation? Right? Because remember, right, we have a huge responsibility to love and share and invest in those who don't know Jesus. All of us, right? That's all of our calling. And we can't begin embarking on this responsibility until it becomes our heart, until we become burdened with this idea. Right? We, we, can't, we, can't live, we can't live with such a burden until we move from that place of just feeling sorry and, and being like, man, I wish that person could experience Jesus soon. And we have to move to action. Right? That, that's when it becomes a real burden that impacts and affects the, the way we move and act every single day. Or we have to, to strive for that and that has to be our responsibility. Because if we, if we settle for anything less than doing whatever it takes, I, I would say that we failed. That we, we, we fell short, right? And, and, and so let's follow Paul's lead in this. Right, because all he was doing, right, was following the lead of Jesus. And, and ultimately, that's who we're supposed to follow anyway. Like, let's let our hearts break for those who are far from God, who don't yet know and have the hope that, that we have. Right, because I believe that, that nothing matters more than that. Right, so let's let our lives be about this burden. Let's let our lives be about reaching those who do not yet know Jesus. Let's, let's make that the action we live by because really nothing does matter more. We know that. 
deep down we know that nothing matters more than that. And so let's run after that's truth, that truth. Let's take on this burden. Let's do whatever it takes. Right? Let, let's, let's start with that passion that moved Paul to action. Right? As you're thinking about that, could you maybe put your stuff away? Uh, find a posture of prayer, maybe, maybe close your eyes, bow your head, and, and just spend some time talking to God. Give yourself a few moments right now where you, you can talk to him. Maybe, maybe you can spend some time praying about stepping into a life of action. Maybe you need to be, be praying for some specific people that, that you work with, that you live by, that are your friends. Use this time to, to communicate with God what, what's on your heart. With our eyes still closed and our heads still bowed, I'd like to just talk to those of you who are following Jesus with your lives, like if that's what your life is about. And I'd I'd like to challenge you one last time. I'd like to challenge you to evaluate the burden that, that God has laid on your heart. Whoever that might be, whatever that might be, evaluate it and, and start asking some questions. Right, one question would be, what am I doing to invest in the next generation? Think about what kind of legacy you might be leaving. And then, and then another, another question to maybe ask yourself is, is who, like as an actual names of people, do you need to be pursuing with the same passion and the same love that, that Paul and Jesus pursued those around them with? Who are those people? in your life that God's put there for a reason that, that God's burdening your heart with. Like, don't let this rest as just a passing thought or maybe a potentially good idea, right? Like respond to the calling that God has put on your heart. Respond to that burden. And I promise you, you'll begin to come alive in ways you could never imagine. And lastly, again, with our eyes closed and our heads still bowed, if all of this that we've talked about this morning is new to you, it's something you've never thought about. Maybe you're not ready for a life committed to following Jesus and what that might look like, but you're kind of wondering. My challenge to you would be just continue to ask questions. Search and seek and look for what matters the most to you. What makes you come alive? Because I believe that you'll find that that's in the person of Jesus. So ask those questions. Look for those answers. See what that looks like in your life. Let me, let me just close us in prayer. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to, to meet here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to come and, and worship you and and praise you and encounter you in new ways, God. I pray that we would just all leave here 
burdened for those who do not yet know you, God. I pray that you would truly make our hearts break for those who are far from you and that we would do whatever it takes, whether that, that's students or whether that's not students, God, that we would do whatever it takes to draw them into a relationship with you just like Paul. God, I pray that we would leave here courageous and bold and enthusiastic for the life you have for us, God. Please just help us all to come alive so that the world might know the hope you have for them. We love you and we praise you. In your name, amen.